Hello everybody, Foggy Jack here, and you're listening to Foggy Jack's 13 or more Days of Christmas special. Happy holidays everyone, and I hope you enjoy all of these old time radio shows, always in the Christmas spirit. Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. <laughs> What two things are you most anxious to have in your home? Aren't they beauty and cleanliness? Well, think for a moment how easily and inexpensively you can have both beauty and cleanliness just with an occasional application of genuine Johnson's wax to your floors, furniture, and woodwork. A rich, mellow, polished wax surface is a thing of beauty in itself. The wax brings out the grain and beauty of the wood. It adds a soft luster to leather, linoleum, and metal surfaces. And, of course, this tough wax film protects these surfaces against wear, dirt, and moisture. Dust and dirt do not adhere readily to a wax-polished surface. So cleaning is not only easier, but a waxed home is actually cleaner and more sanitary. Johnson's Wax is of the very finest quality and long-wearing. The cost is really very little. So why not practice protective housekeeping in your home with genuine Johnson's Wax? Dealers everywhere carry it. There are certain people who simply won't admit that nature does anything right. They are the kind who gild cattails, paint whose little tootsie are you on the shells of baby turtles, and clip poodle dogs to look like anemic lions. Here's one of those people now, as we meet Fibber McGee and Molly. Hey, Fred, how much you charge me to paint this Christmas tree white? Why do you want it white, McGee? What do you mean, why do I want it white? You've got a hundred trees in this lot you've painted white. Yeah, and I think they're horrible. What? Some people like them that way. Never mind the artistic comment, Fred. How much? Ten dollars. Ten dollars? To spray a little white paint on this half-pint tree? Who do you think you are, Rembrandt? <laughs> Look, looky here, maybe you didn't understand, Fritz. I want this tree painted white, not gold-plated. Ten bucks. You're a pirate, and I'll bet you've made $200 already today. You're a cheapskate, and I've made 340 <laughs> You're a robber, and you want to sell a half-interest in this joint? You're a stoop, and I wouldn't sell my own mother a half-interest. You're a low-down low... <laughs> Dirty, a dirty swindler. Ten bucks to spray a little tree white. The rat. Cheating people right and left. Making 400 bucks a day. The chiseler. I don't know whether to report him to the OPA or make him a better offer for a half interest. <laughs> Low down chiseler. What's the matter, McGee? 
This time. <laughs> that guy, Fred Corrigan, that runs the Christmas tree lot at 14th and Oak. That dirty pine broker. <laughs> Wanted to charge me ten bucks to paint our Christmas tree white. Well, that does seem a little high, dearie. But think of the work there is to it. Putting all those needles back on after the paint dries. <laughs> <laughs> they don't take the needles off. They just spray the tree. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. That's all there is to it. Well... If wishing will make it so, why don't you do it yourself? If it's a $10 job, I can't afford to pay myself that much. <laughs> Besides, I haven't got a paint spray, so... Hey, haven't we got a paint spray attachment on the vacuum cleaner? Oh, dear. Oh, my gosh, I can have that tree painted white before you can say, don't it look awful? Now, McGee, please, I realize we need the house painted, but not on the inside. Let's leave the tree green. Oh, you'll love a white one, Snooky. It's a modern thing. Nobody uses green trees anymore. They're outmooded. Hmm. <laughs> you don't say. Well, tell me, Salvador. <clears throat> what color snow are people using this year? Chartreuse? No kidding, Molly. White Christmas trees are all the rage. Everybody. They knows. must be. They throw me into one. Now, look, sweetheart. Just put the tree up and trim it. I love a green Christmas tree. Don't you, Alice? Don't I what, Mrs. McGee? Look, Molly, I'll put it up to Alice fair and square and let her give an opinion. Here's the preposition, kid. If you were going to have a Christmas tree, which would you rather have? A dusty, drab, dirty old green one or a bright, snappy, glistening white one? Which, Alice? Mistletoe. Oh. <laughs> mistletoe. What an answer. Well, jeepers, don't you like to hang up a little bouquet of mistletoe, Mr. McGee? Oh, <laughs> he's too shy, Alice. <laughs> I am not shy. What good is mistletoe? Catch somebody under it, and it's either somebody you can kiss anyway, like your wife, or you get a slap in the chops before you can point up to it. <laughs> Mistletoe, bah. That's just poison ivy with berries. <laughs> uh, well, we'll put some up, Alice, and you'll see who manages to spend most of his time loitering around beneath it. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, now, dear, uh, do you like a white Christmas tree? Well, I like them all, Mrs. McGee. I don't care if they're purple. Gertrude always has a white one, though, and she likes them. Who's Gertrude? We know her. Oh, she's the boy who always rides past here in the cream-colored Cadillac and honks his horn, sister. <laughs> ah, yes. I see. Well, uh, himself here used to go with a man who owned a such bearcat's knees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I gave her up for an old guy with a broken-down Maxwell's daughter. <laughs> But honestly now, Alice, don't you really prefer a white Christmas tree? Well, I got awfully tired of them, Mr. McGee. When I was a little girl, my father gave us kids some little tiny paintbrushes and told us to paint a Christmas tree white. Heavenly day. Oh. It must have taken you children a long time to paint a tree with little brushes. Uh, how long did it take, Alice? Oh, we never did get it finished. But it kept us off the streets till we were 18 years old. <laughs> well, I got to wrap some presents. See you later. <clears throat> Right, kid. How all that lovely golden hair can grow out of that solid bone, I'll never know. <laughs> oh, she's awfully sweet, though, McGee. There isn't a mean thought in Alice's head. No, nor any other kind. <laughs> well, this ain't getting my tree sprayed. Where'd you leave the tree, dearie? Out in front. I can attach the vacuum cleaner cord from the porch light. Now, let me see if I get the... Porch... Come in. Oh, hello there, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Molly. How are you today, pantry paunch? <laughs> Fine, Jumbo, fine. You out spreading a little Christmas cheer, telling your patients you're going to retire? Oh. <laughs> He's not 
going to retire for years yet, are you, Doctor? My dear, I will retire on that far distant day when I can write a personal check for $400 and not have the hired help at the Fourth National Bank burst into hysterical laughter. <laughs> oh, I go on, you old miser. You got that much buried under a loose brick in the fireplace right now. Trouble with you is you got more affection for a dollar than my wife has for a pound of butter. And that's the love match of the year, Fatso. Ah, <laughs> oh, you have no right to say that, though, McGee. Dr. Gamble does more private charity work than anybody in town. Certainly. I'm a very noble character. When I walk down the street, flowers spring into bloom. Oh. Birds burst into song, and taxi cabs honk twice before they try to kill me. <laughs> Well, I've got to run along now. This is my busy season, you I know. I suppose the children keep you pretty busy around Christmas time, Doctor, huh? No, it's the so-called grown-ups, my dear. Huh? This is the silly season when 200-pound men start climbing 49-cent stepladders to wire dime store angels to the tops of $3 Christmas trees and wind up in a $500 plastic hat. <laughs> Pennywise and compound fracture foolish. Don't you want to stick around and watch me trim our Christmas tree, Doc? I'm painting it white. Well, you don't have to do that, skip wit. Huh? When I put my gift for you under it, it'll turn white. <laughs> Billy Mills in the orchestra and the parade of the wooden soldiers. Clogs up like a sentimental woman at a sad movie. What seems to be the matter, dear? This paint spray goes along all right for a minute, then it chokes up. And when it comes loose again, it throws a blob of paint that'll knock IQ out of the balcony. <laughs> Found it on the porch steps. And maybe that'll loosen it up. Okay, I will. There, now, now try it. Okay. Ah! Oh, heavenly days, Mickey. You almost hit me with that. I'm sorry, kiddo. I didn't know it was loaded. Well, here we go. <laughs> 
There, now, just... Dad rather have done it again. Claude Dunn. Well, hurry up and get the job finished, McGee. Mm. It's colder than a lineman's lunch out here. Mm. Well, you go on in the house if you want. I can handle this all right. No, I've got to stay out here and tell people who you are. Huh? <laughs> you get a little more of that white paint on you, and they'll think you're a badly constructed snowman. Okay. Ah, that does it. Now, I'll have this tree straight before you can... Watch say... your aim, dearie. Huh? No, you better shut it off. Here comes Mrs. Carstairs. Oh. Hello there, Mrs. Carstairs. Won't you come in the house and have a slug of tea? No, thank you, my dear. I'm just out walking my Pekingese and must hurry along. What Pekingese, Carsty? I don't see him. Oh, it was too cold for him to come along, Mr. McGee. <laughs> but as long as one of us goes out, he's satisfied. Ah, it's really a sweet little dog, Millicent, from what I've seen of him. Personally, I wouldn't have one of them four-legged dust mops as a gift. <laughs> Give me a man-sized dog. I ever tell you about the hunting dog I had once, Carsey, by the name of Durante? Durante? Yeah, what a nose that dog had. <laughs> Never forget one time we were walking through the woods. Me and my dog, pipe over my shoulder, gun in my mouth. What was that again? Uh, gun over my shoulder and pipe in my mouth. When all of a sudden, Durante freezes. He's on point. Nose quivering, tail out like a ramrod. One foot in the air. I raises my gun, walk slowly forward... And there, not ten feet away, was a guy sitting on a stump. <laughs> that was quite a dog, Mr. McGee. Trained to flush game wardens, was he? No, sir. I bawled the dog out, and then I was never so ashamed in my life. It was the smartest thing he'd ever done. Why? Well, sir, I got talking to the guy, and you know what? His name was Partridge. Oh. <laughs> Henry W. Partridge. Wasn't that wonderful, Carsty? No, I don't think that's so remarkable, Mr. McGee. In the light of what a police dog of mine once did. What was that, Millicent? After all, it's so cold out tonight, the baloney won't spoil. <laughs> well, this dog of ours was extremely intelligent. Mm -hmm. One day, I had him in the post office, and I noticed he was staring at the police posters on the wall. Suddenly, he dashed out the door and was gone. Probably went out to steal an apple off a fruit stand, Carsty. <laughs> no. When I got home, he was gripping our butler by the vest pocket and was barking into the telephone which he'd knocked off the table. When the police arrived, it turned out that Jarvis was wanted by the authorities in three states. Yes, but why was your dog holding him by the vest pocket, Millicent? That was where our butler kept his fountain pen. You see, he was wanted for forgery. <laughs> well, so nice to see you. Good evening. Who does she think she's kidding? I don't believe a word of that stuff. <laughs> I bet she made that whole thing up. <laughs> well, never mind her, dearie. Get busy with that paint before it freezes solid, huh? eh? Oh, oh, gee, it might have that. Well, back to work. Ah, there. Oh, there she blows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, up again, McGee? Yeah, the doggone thing. <laughs> I only got about a third of this tree sprayed, too. Maybe it... Hey... What? How could Carstairs' dog be gripping the butler by the vest and barking into the phone at the same time? Why, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say he was gripping the butler with his teeth, dearie. Huh? You know, after all, a dog as smart as that could hold him down with one hind paw, dial the police station with the other, and use his front feet to take fingerprints. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but how should... Oh, well, why should I worry? 
Ah, that's better yet. You're getting that's more better. paint on yourself than you are on the train again. Well, the wind keeps changing. They ought to make these paint trays with a weather vane on them. All right, Georgia. Hip, 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 hip. Oh, dear. In the time you've taken to get this tree a dirty gray pet, I could have whitewashed the Kaibab National Forest with a flip gun. Well, doggone it, I don't see... Hello, do... folks. What's going on Hello, here? Hello, Mr. Wilkine. Hi, Junior. Pull up a front step and give yourself a three-point landing. There <laughs> you want your Christmas tree painted right, Mr. Wilcox. Start home and get it. Yeah, I won't be out here very long, Junior. As soon as I adjust the nozzle on this paint... Hey, wait a minute, I'm... Mac. Do you mean to stand there like a front man for painter's colic and tell me you're actually going to ruin that pretty little tree with white paint? Ruining that refugee from the forest primeval... Despoiling a magnificent evergreen. Ah, skip the dramatics, Junior. We know you memorized Evangeline in high school. And you played the heavy in the Chautauqua Company of Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm, too, didn't you, Mr. Wilcott? The juvenile lead, if you please. I also had three seasons of Shakespeare. A likely story. When you play Shakespeare's son, that's when Othello needs a friend. Everyone in Omaha, I'll have you know, said I was another Barrymore. Hmm. Why, when I came out in my tights and said, Oh, what a rogue and peasant slave am I. You can say that again. Now, hush, McGee, I love Shakespeare. Go on, Mr. Wilcox. Is it not monstrous that this player here, seeing a lady forced to menial task and seeing such drudgery, would not then dispense a thing called Johnson's glow coat? Forsooth, a goodly fluid, which straight upon the scullery linoleum would thus eliminate the scrub. No rub, no bark. <laughs> Just pour it on, and in one third the time it takes for our glass to turn, it dries. <laughs> if Shakespeare ain't in the public domain, this two bit Orson Welles is going to be sued for nine million bucks. <laughs> ah, yes, it dries. And so mirror-like it gleams. The porridge spilled, wiped off, leaves not a single spot. <laughs> the labor saved, the hours gained, the beauty seen. Tis glow coat. <laughs> Beloved by Chatelaine and serving wench alike. Your nearest dealer. Hey, is... hey, now wait a minute, Mr. Wilcox. Is that in Hamlet? My dear girl, it's in every Hamlet, every village, oh, every oh. town, city, and the top. <laughs> Every place where a housewife takes pride in the appearance of her kitchen. And if I don't get back to the office in the next ten minutes, I'll find myself back in Chautauqua. <laughs> so long, kids. There goes the biggest ham I've seen since Blue Boy went to the state fair. He better be careful or he'll wind up on a platter with an apple in his mouth. Now, but this ain't getting my tree spade. Well, hurry up. You almost got it done now. Yeah. Now, let's see. I get it all loosened up good. Ah, there she goes. Ah, this is the best it's been yet. Yeah. Look how white the tree is getting, Molly. There's one question I'd like to ask you, McGee. Are you sure? Don't bother me now, kiddo. I'm doing too good. Hot dog. Ain't that getting beautiful? I finally got this spray gun working perfect. I know, but look, McGee, I've been wanting to ask you if... Later, Tootsie, later. I'm just about finished now. Just up there a little bit. Ah, oh, gee, I'm through. (laughs) All done. And believe me, that's the whitest white Christmas tree you'll ever see. Now, won't you admit this is a mighty pretty effect, baby? Yes, if you like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll go and make some hot coffee, dearie. Okay. McGee? Huh? Whose Christmas tree is this on the front porch? Oh, that's the one I bought this morning that I'm going to paint white. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh, what tree did I paint? The one that's been growing there in the yard all these years. <laughs> Of all that 
it. If I ain't the dumbest bloke that ever drew breath. A wise guy. A know-it-all. Can't tell one tree from another. One that's growing and one that ain't. I'm a sapit. I'm a brainless, incompetent, ham-handed butterfingers. If I wasn't so stupid, I'd never let me sit here and insult myself like this. <laughs> that rat that oh, hi, mister. What's the matter? I know that voice. Is that you, Teeny? Sure is, I betcha. Hmm. What you sitting there with your head in your hands for, mister? Got a headache? Want me to get you an aspirin, hmm? Mommy too, hmm? No, no, thanks, sis. Medicine won't touch the kind of headache I got. I just busted my ego in four places. Gee, I'm sorry, mister. Yeah. Oh, boy. Who did that? Huh? Who did what? Who painted that tree white? Hmm? Gee, is that ever beautiful? Yeah, but that ain't the one. And it's I... growing right there in your yard. Yeah, you see, I got a little confused. And oh, Mister McGee, you're wonderful. Huh? I am. Mm-hmm. You're the nicest man in town, I bet you. Hmm? You put your Christmas tree right out in the front yard where everybody can share it with you, didn't you? Well, I didn't exactly. See, all the kids in the neighborhood are gonna love you for this, Mister. Boy, I can hardly wait to get it all lighted up. <laughs> you can't, eh? Hmm? I says you can't, eh? Can't what? You can't wait till I get it all lighted up. Gee, neither can I. <laughs> and you know what, mister? What? When it's, when it's growing in the ground like that, it can't wobble and fall over either. <laughs> Our Christmas tree at home is always wobbly. Yeah, lots of people make that mistake, sis. They don't stop to think if they were a tree and got all lit up and then came into a warm room, they'd wobble a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? Skip it. <laughs> so you think it looks all right out here in the front yard? Huh? Oh, boy. I'll say. Mm-hmm. Now all the little children that haven't got Christmas trees can come and see yours, can't they? Yeah. I, uh, I kind of plan to get a lot of little bags of candy and stuff and let the kids help themselves Christmas Eve. Sis. <laughs> I just planned that. <laughs> Think they'd like that? Gee, will I ever? And us kids will sing. Sing what? You know, the song we sing for you every Christmas time. It was the night before Christmas, the one we just recorded. Oh. Would you like to hear it now, Mr. Hoon, would you, Hoon? Yes. Yes, I believe I would, sir. Okay. Hey, Kenny, Johnny, Buddy, Randy, come here. He wants to hear it, all right. Wonderful bunch of kids. Going around the neighborhood with a 30-piece orchestra. It was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney. St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all warm in their wee little bed. While visions of sugar plums danced in their wee little bed. Mama in her kerchief and I in my cat. Settle down for a 
then to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, threw open the sash. Then, what to my wondering, I should appear but a miniature sleigh and a tiny reindeer. To the little old driver, so lively and quick, that I knew right away that it must be St. Nick.
This is the National Broadcasting Company. sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. This is Foggy Jack wishing all of you the happiest of Yuletides. Be safe, stay warm, and I'll catch you next time.